Yes, guys, welcome back to the Real Life Curriculum Podcast. Today we're joined by a DJ Glamour. Yep. He's saying biggest oh, good, oh, biggest good. DJ in Leicester. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Can't rest. Can't rest. Won't rest. Believing in the process. Every day's a progress. Slow steps. I need my own. And I've been going for a minute still. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. But now it's nice to be here, man. Thanks for having me down. Nah, I appreciate it. First yeah, DJ man. on the show, man. Yeah, in it. I got. Many, I'll throw it in there as well. My <laughs> Godfather as well, in it. Yeah, Glam. Yeah, so yeah, yo, yeah, so had, to had to get, get him on. Yeah. Had to get him on. But nah, man. So. Where did your DJ journey start, innit? So what was it like for you? Um, How'd you even get into it? I'll have, to, I'll have to credit my dad, obviously. He's been a big reggae DJ in Leicester for about the past 50 years, since the 70s. So I was kind of born into it. All the records and speakers and equipment around the house. Always so it's there. just always been around me, really. So it's nothing I really expected to have a career in, but yeah, um, yeah it's just always been there and around me. So... Yeah, I think that's where it kind of started for me, really. So, yeah, yeah. How, how old were you when you first started then? Um, well, what, I, what, what used to happen, I used to shadow, like, my dad to a lot of, like, kind of parties and stuff. Like, he used to do kind of, like, obviously nightclubs and big people yeah, yeah. events. But he also used to do, like, kind of private parties, kids' parties, weddings, things like that as well. So them kind of events, I'd, mm. like, shadow him um, to, like, I was probably about eight, nine, around, around mm. that age, them times. But, again, I never really had an interest in DJing at that point. I was just more kind of captivated by all the, the equipment and the, yeah. the buttons and them kind of things there. So, you know I mean? It wasn't probably until I was about um, 12 years old and he was doing pirate radio. You, you all know what pirate radio yeah. is, isn't it? Which was massive, like, back in the mid-90s, like, obviously before internet and yeah. them kind of things there. Like, the whole community would be listening to, like, pirate radio. Yeah. It was a massive thing. And um, I used to go, I think it was, must have been summer holidays. And I used to like um, go to his show that he was doing like throughout the summer holidays, like every afternoon and that. And um, yeah, so I would just be there kind of, obviously I was aware of how to like play tunes and play the jingles and do all the, the buttons and whatnot. So he used to like just talking on the mic and then I would just be there yeah. you know I mean, doing all that kind of thing. And then one day um, he, he said he had to nip out somewhere. So he said, oh, can I just kind of carry on and play the music yeah. until he comes back. So I was like, right, cool, cool. Obviously I know what I'm doing and that. And then um, we had a phone in the studio as well. So people be ringing up for like requests and shout outs and them kind of things there. So I'm just writing them down because I don't want to jump on no mic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit like, <laughs> like, obviously shy at that age. I was probably about, yeah. probably about 11 going on 12, around that age there. So I'm just kind of writing down the requests yeah, yeah. and you know what I mean? Waiting for him to come back thinking, yeah, he'll be back in about 20, 30 minutes. So like time's ticking away now. <laughs> <laughs> so nope, and then people are like ringing up, like saying, "Yo, where's yeah. my shout out?" This, that, and the other. And me being like a young kid, I just felt a bit pressured to like go on the mic and yeah, like yeah. just say the shout out sort of thing. So obviously I've gone on the mic now. And then back then it was kind of a big thing for a little kid to be there presenting a show on the on the radio sort of thing. And, then, and the show kind of just took off. There was just like a, a mad hype around, yeah. you know what I mean? Obviously me being on the radio, I didn't have no name or nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? I've just gone, I think I just said my government name. Just come out of nowhere, a kid talking on the radio, doing a radio show sort of thing. And um, it was just a big thing for the for the um, the radio station at the time. So yeah. they kind of made a big thing out of it. You get like loads of press and that. Yeah, but not, not press, because obviously oh, yeah, like, it's not legal, the, the, yeah. the radio station. That, but there's just like, a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
talk yeah. about obviously I mean a kid doing a show on the on the radio sort of thing and then um obviously the station manager must have offered me like uh, my own show um on a Saturday morning and they'd done like a big competition to like um give me a name, a, a DJ name sort of thing as well. So obviously um, my dad's uh, DJ name's Fishhead. So there was loads of variations of fish names <laughs> coming in, like <laughs> Young Snapper and all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously I'm not um, feeling none of these names, but then um, I'd seen someone like calling with the name Glamour Kid. So at the time I thought, oh yeah, yeah, I can, I can work with that one. Yeah, Glamour Kid, I'll go with Glamour Kid. And then, um, yeah, so I was just, um, that's kind of where my DJing um, journey started, like just doing pirate radio, Saturday mornings. I was playing kind of like hip hop, dancehall, that kind of mm-hmm. vibe sort of thing. And um, yeah, it, I, didn't, I didn't obviously really take it serious at that point. Um, I was doing like a lot of like DJing at like a lot of friends parties and obviously there was loads of youth clubs back then. Do you know what I mean? So I'd be going to different youth clubs and playing then. But um, it's just like a hobby to me. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing radio, just enjoyed playing music, enjoyed making people dance. And yeah, that's the kind of way it, where it all, all began for me, really. So when did you like look at it as sort of a career and like you could start making money off it and things like that? That weren't till much later because um, like... I kind of went off DJing a bit when I got to the age of about 16. And then um, obviously I got introduced to nightlife and started going raving yeah. and this, that and yada. And I wasn't really DJing at all, yeah. do you know what I mean? And then it weren't until, um, obviously I went away for a bit as well. You know what I mean? Just on the roads, getting the <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? All this, that and yada. So it weren't until like, I came back out, I must've been probably about 21, 22. And then, um, yeah, just obviously started just getting back into doing the things that I love, innit? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean, I didn't want to obviously be getting involved in what I was involved in before. And um, yeah, then um, I just got like a few opportunities from people, because obviously a lot of people remember me from younger yeah. DJing and stuff. And they was like, yeah, can you come DJ at my party, this, that, and you know, and then must have another person that knew me from back in the day, can I, can I DJ? I got a, a, a club, can you come yeah. set like down there sort of thing? So if, at that point, I'm just taking it as a hobby, innit? I'm mm. not really taking it serious or nothing. And then, um, yeah, just started um, like just doing a few little like, bookings every now and again. And then um, my name just started to kind of grow. Like obviously people started to book me loads more and that. my name just started to grow. I'm doing loads more private parties. I'm nowhere near like nightclubs really at this point. So this is like around about 2005, going on towards 2006. And then um, a lot of people like, um, because you gotta gotta remember the landscape was a bit different back then. Like um, urban music was like not played in like none of the mainstream clubs. Mm -hmm. Like if you went to like town or whatever on a Saturday night, you wouldn't, Hear no hip hop, none of that. No, none of, none yeah. of that. Literally. What was the sort of music playing then it was in the club? Mainstream, it was all dancey, radio, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just all kind of mainstream like music. Like you'd go to somewhere like Zanzibar, which is Republic yeah, now, yeah. and then you get like about like 10 15 minutes of like hip hop garage and, and R&B, it. you know that's what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was weird, it was a whole different, yeah. and it reflected in the um charts as well. Like if you looked at like probably the top 10 in 2005, like you wouldn't see no. Beyonce really and none of them kind of tunes there really. It was, it was more, like more S Club kind of mainstream, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it was only a, a few years later, then like obviously yeah. the urban music started to kind of mm. take over a bit more. 
So, um, yeah, so like, um, obviously I'm just doing like the kind of like a lot of private parties and stuff like that. A lot of house parties as well, because this is before um, the kind of like the noise kind of um, laws that they kind of have now. Like mm. people having house parties until like three, four, five in the morning. Yeah. There's no issues, like big speakers in yards and that. <laughs> there was no Going issues. Up. Yeah, all that kind of changed, like sort of like 2008, nine sort of thing, if you know what I mean. And so, um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of like private parties and stuff. And then um, a lot of people like who were going town were telling like clubs and bars like, yo, you need to get glamour there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I started getting like phone calls from like clubs and bars around town. Like, yeah, yeah, we've had someone like yeah. mention your name. Would you like fancy like rare, 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 playing in that um, at our venue? So I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, like, no problem. And then, yeah, as soon as I started, like, playing in town, that was it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was literally, like, playing in nearly every venue, like, Go in Leicester, on. doing three, four bookings. Really? Different. Yeah, did, you have yeah. a, did you have a own, own manager or anything? No, nah, like no, nah, it's just, it's like, you. literally, yeah. I've never really had a manager, to be, to be fair. I've like, always, like, dealt with, dealt with things myself. People always come to me direct. And when things started to take... Um, take um, that like started to like take off sort of thing. It was the same time as like kind of social media started. Oh, so I was okay. kind of easily contactable. I think it was like MySpace back then. Or oh, yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah. <laughs> 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 it was easy to reach. So yeah. people just kind of hit me up. But um, yeah, I was just playing in like a lot of venues around around town. And, and again, it coincided with like um, urban music coming mm. more, more relevant now. Like, um, so this is like around 2006, 2007. Is that your genre then, just urban? Do you have like, like done like garage or anything like that or anything? Yeah, yeah. So I, I started off with like hip hop R and B, but then I quickly like fell in love with like jungle and garage yeah, music. Yeah. So it was kind of there at the beginning of like like UKG, you could mm, say like old yeah. school garage. So um, that's always been like my kind of passion. Like hip hop and reggae is just always kind of been there, sort of yeah. thing. It? It's always been in the background and. I mean, obviously, all the brothers and dad and all that like, used to listen to it. But, um, like, my, you know, when you get that first um, kind of taste of music that you personally love, you know, yeah. I mean, not yeah. something that you'd just be yeah, born yeah. into. It's and different. Yeah, yeah. Different so, like, yeah, sort of passion. Different feel. Yeah, so, like, Jungle was obviously the first thing, and then Garage came shortly after. So, that was always kind of my passion, but um, never really had the platform to really play it a lot, you mm. know what I mean? So, you'd always play kind of hip-hop r&b and then yeah, yeah, yeah. slip a bit in where, yeah, where, yeah. where you can sort of thing did you do any like festivals or raves or anything yeah like that? yeah oh yeah yeah did a whole a whole lot um that was kind of the next stage of um like my career you could say because like from 2008 that's 2007 8 that's when baseline kind of yeah happened. yeah and then like obviously it kind of exploded like from there and then yeah just we're too young for this isn't it you might have just made it <laughs> but yeah baseline came in yeah. and like that was a kind of a game changer do you know what i mean um yeah. all that burger boy and all that yeah oh all yeah that kind of stuff it was fortunate Proper. because um i was around a, a few friends um from leicester who was um who started promoting themselves and putting on baseline raves so i was fortunate to obviously 
be around them and they kind of made me resident on a lot of um, events that they were doing and they was booking all the big names like Jamie Duggan, T2, mm. Burger Boy. And um, that did quite a bit for like my profile as well because I was known locally. Yeah. But obviously I wasn't really known much outside Leicester before that point. So getting on them big events with all them lot and even the likes of like Skepta and all them lot at the beginning of their career and, and stuff like that. So like, yeah, that, that was... Um, what was that feeling like though? Like being on shows where you got big names like that as well. Skepta weren't really a big name yeah. at that point. That's what I mean. Like, true, yeah. yeah, he wasn't really, he was kind of like, yeah, I mean, he was just coming up as well. Yeah, so. yeah, he was just like on the way up. I think Skepta kind of exploded like the early 2010s. You know yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. he went kind of mainstream. So it was just kind of normal seeing Skepta and that. They would be like coming down Leicester literally every other week. You know really? I mean? Yeah. yeah there was, um, oh, what's the venue called? Blueprint is called. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, that's like, gone now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's gone now. But before that, it was called uh, Liquid and Creation. Liquid, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, there's That's other promoters come, really. that I know that was doing regular events there. And um, yeah, them guys would just be coming down every every weekend. Like there was normal. those promoters. Mm. So it was just kind of this normal kind of seeing them guys. Um, you would have never thought at that point that they were going to go blow, on yeah. and do what they, they was doing. But um, yeah, yeah, the, the baseline days, it was mad because um, it felt like forever, but it, baseline was only around for like a year or two. Do you know what I mean? But Again, like, you know what I mean? With, with um, one of my best friends, Total, DJ Total, um, he was doing a lot in the baseline scene. So we'd be traveling all over the place, doing three, four different cities every Saturday night, um, literally. So yeah, yeah, it was good times. And then, um, and then UK Funky came in around 2009. So that was more me, like yeah, UK yeah. funky. Like I, I love UK funky. Well, is, is UK from like Miss Dynamite? Is that kind of or is that not really? Um, Miss Dynamite's more um, kind of old school garage. Okay. And then um, I say funky then? UK I funky, funky is more like migraine skunk. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just about made yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Party hard, the name. Yeah, yes, yes, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, that kind of blew up as well, and. Um, yeah, that, that, that took me a lot of places. I was DJing in Wales and all sorts of places, doing a lot of stuff in London, Swindon, just places I'd never been for, places yeah. that I didn't even really think would know about that yeah. kind of music. But, um, You've been overseas doing anything cool? Yeah, yeah, done um, a bit um, in Marbella, Ainapa. Um, I'm trying to think. I think they're the only two places. Yeah, so twice in Ainapa. That's one of my biggest regrets, though, to be fair. Like, not doing more... Outside the UK. Yeah, mm. yeah that's definitely one of Because I've had a few offers and... Do you know what I mean? What was the reason that you said like no to them then? Because I was doing so much over here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've like, literally like, do you know what I mean? On a weekend, I'd be doing probably up to eight, nine bookings, like yeah, just in my... and around Leicester. So, you know what I mean? I, grew, I regret not even doing more around the UK. Yeah. But yeah. What you're going to understand is as well that um, Leicester was like firing at that point. Mm. It's hard to kind of believe. Like, yeah, no. Nah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trust me, like back then, Leicester like was was hot, and there was yeah. a lot going on. To be fair, that because I'm a plumber by yeah. trade, and when I was on site, the lad who I used to work with, yeah. he used to tell me he was going raves and that into yeah. Leicester. But he, he's in ta he's Tamworth yeah. based, isn't it? They all yeah. just come I'm down telling you, like, and with the location of Leicester being in the middle of the country, yeah, as well, like perfect for everyone, people, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and there was like no kind of like gang beef so like yeah. people felt cool coming to Leicester yeah. like it's like I'm, I'm telling you like on a Saturday night it would be absolutely like packed in the city centre like you know what I mean like clubs full 
Like it's it's hard to believe like yeah. what, what it's like now. So that that is one of the reasons because I felt like uh, other than London and nowhere was really Bay, bigger than here. Nowhere much yeah, bigger than, yeah. than where he was. So yeah, that's kind of why um, I probably stayed like here more than I should have done. To be fair, what would you say is like the best place that you've DJed? Venue, city, whatever. Um, it's hard to say, man, because all events are kind of different. Um, I was fortunate to um, get a set at Glastonbury, like not on the main stage. Yeah, but, that's uh, sick so, still though. Yeah. Yeah. Massive, that is. Name-wise, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's probably one of the, the biggest. There's an area in Glastonbury called Shangri-La, um, where it's like the 24-hour part. So you've got all the big main stages that you see on yeah. the TV. Then you've got like um, Shangri-La's like the 24-hour bit where a lot of the big promotions like Creamfields and all the oh, okay, kind of yeah, big names, yeah. they've got big tents there. And um, I managed to get a set at um, uh, a London promoter was doing something down there. So I was, uh, it was only like three, 400 people, but still the experience of going. Yeah, I bet that would have been sick though, man. Yeah, yeah, just going to the event. Like if you can ever get down there, you need to go down there. Like yeah. it's just somewhere, somewhere else. Cause I'd never, that was the first festival I've been to as well. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I was Did just you camp? like- uh, Did you camp out? Nah, or? I went there for one day. Like, oh, I regretted okay. it because like, I, I, if I knew longer. what it was, I would have stayed there for like the whole weekend, <clears> but um yeah, I, I, I don't know, because I'd only done carnivals at that point. So I just thought it was going to be like a big carnival. Yeah. And then when I got there and I'd like, you kind of walk through about eight fields um, just like of car parks just to get to like the, the, the main kind of um, entrance. And it's like kind of in a valley sort of thing. And you can kind of look down and see the whole Everything. event. And it's like a quarter of a million people there. It's like, mad, mad. yeah, it's mad. So um, I wish I stayed, but um, I had a booking back in Leicester. <laughs> so you got a fly back not messing <laughs> about. One of my biggest regrets. I yeah. should have just stayed, but yeah. it's hard yeah. enough to get a ticket to go back now. Yeah. You, see, but, yeah. you see on that though, yeah? You know, like you say you had to go back to Leicester. You say like some nights you got like yeah. eight bookings and that. Did that yeah. ever get like not, too not, much? Not eight bookings in one night. No, but like over, in a, a weekend. over a weekend. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, would that yeah. ever get like too much for you or is that just normal? No, because a lot of them are hour sets, isn't it? Okay. So like you're just going into one venue, come back. A lot of the venues, like, a lot of the events are done at six o'clock, do you know what I mean? So you just kind of work out what your your your, your, your night's going to be in a sense. Yeah. So, and with it all being in Leicester, that's what I mean. Like if I take one booking in London, I'm probably losing out in a sense. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons probably as well why I kind it's of- It's just easy to get yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just easier. And you, a lot of the clubs are close and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have any of your like, any of your boys come with you to all the sets and that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be all like- you know Always. I mean? yeah, always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. Like there'll always be someone that was willing to like drive. I mean, cause certain times you even want to drive, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah there'll always be someone willing to come along and yeah, yeah, take me or whatever, just come along. So yeah, it felt like a lot more people was on it as well because it was like social media wasn't fully established mm. at the times, smartphones and all these kind of yeah. things. It, society was a lot different like now. So people was more willing to go out. Even like little things like, um, say like getting alcohol, um, like probably up until about 2005, six, like, after midnight, you couldn't really get alcohol nowhere. Do you know what I mean? You had to go to a night. Mm. You know what I mean? You didn't really have all these shops and all that yeah, yeah, open. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So little things like that. Do you know what I mean? So people would want to come out. Do you know what I mean? A lot more than probably they, they do now. So um, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, there's no problem finding someone yeah. who wants to come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about your own? Sorry, bro. You go. Nah, nah. I was gonna say there's probably loads of good memories you got, mm. but. If you had to like pick a favorite, could you? If like pinpoint like a favorite moment during your career, 
I'd probably, I'd probably say like um, doing the, the some of the Back to 98 events that we've done in Leicester. Um, what is, what is Back to 98 though? Just uh, for people that don't know, what is Back to 98? Yeah, so the, and what was your involvement yeah, so as well? That was like an old school garage kind of um, night that we, we put on. We, we've been running it for like 15 years now. Um, it started... Um, basically around the baseline times in 2008 uh, you had a lot of people that love baseline but then you had a few people that didn't really like get into it yeah. sort of thing and they loved the genre before where baseline okay. come from old school garage so mm. that's like you miss dynamite yeah, 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 yeah. that kind of stuff and um <clears throat> a lot of people like were crying out for like old school garage nights like when the baseline was like at its peak and uh, I was never a promoter at that point. I never really had any interest in really promoting or putting on events or, or anything like that. So um, I was a bit uncomfortable about like, I'm thinking, is anyone going to turn up? Yeah, sort of thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Because obviously I play at a lot of events and I play at a lot of events that are not busy as well. So yeah. I know it's not just easy like to, to put on events. But um, I kind of put it off for a while. Like I weren't really sure about, you know what I mean? If I want to put a garage night on. And then I met... Um, um, one of my business part partners, um, LEB, randomly, um, we just met at a party one time and he was like on the same vibe, like, I want to put on an old school garage night. He had a lot of contacts in the scene. He knew a lot of the, yeah. the, M the, the, the old DJs and the MCs like from down London and that. And obviously I knew a lot of people in Leicester that wanted to, to go out and hear that like, music. So like we kind of banged heads together and said, yeah, cool, let's just put on the night. But still, I wasn't really confident about it. Yeah, so yeah. I said, like, my birthday is coming up soon. And at least I know a few people. Yeah. Coming, sort of <laughs> so like, yeah, so we, we did it around my birthday. And you know, like, it was just DJ Glamour's birthday bash. And then the theme was Back to 98. So okay, it wasn't like yeah, yeah. we kind of created it as like a Back to 98 night. A Back to 98 night. It was just like DJ Glamour's birthday bash. Okay. And the theme was kind of Back to 98. So it was going to be all that kind of music yeah. sort of thing. And then um, the night just exploded. Like, Popping, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> tickets sold out. I had to go and print more tickets. It was just like crazy. Like I couldn't believe how mad the night was. It was at a club called um, Poonana. It's no longer there now, near the Holiday Inn. Um, it, um, yeah, you know, by the, the, the big mm -hmm. roundabout, uh, St. Nicholas Circle. So, like, it's just a mad night. Like, the club held about 700 people, completely rammed, 200 people outside, couldn't get in. Mad. And it was just like a mental night. Um, we had Jason K playing down there, God rest his soul, he's passed away last year. Then we had um, MC Sparks, who also passed away a few years back. And um, yeah, there's like a few of the local kind of DJs and stuff. And it was just a mad night. And then obviously off the back of that. Just carried on, yo, carry on putting them that song. bigger and better. Then we got like down, obviously some of the more names from down London, like your MC Creeds and your DTs. And literally everyone from that garage scene at some point or the other. Has Came been, to Back to Night, yeah. has been in Back to Night, yeah, over the last 15 years from your EZs and all these kind of different people. So um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good and it's, um, yeah, I mean, Leicester has, has got a good connection with old school garage, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Leicester people used to like travel London and, and listen to um, old school garage. So, you know what I mean? Anytime you put on a night like that, you know what I mean? It has fun memories yeah, yeah. for mm -hmm. a lot of people. So, yeah, man. You ever had any like challenges whilst DJing or anything like? Challenges in terms of? Just like any setbacks, I'd say, through DJing. <laughs> No, not really. Um, I've always treated DJ like a hobby, so it's just always something I just try and enjoy. I don't really put much pressure on myself. I don't, I've never really tried to like 
chase any targets mm. or you know nothing like that like it, it, regardless if i'm earning money off it or you know i mean if i'm people think i'm good at it or not i'm always just gonna like one of this mix play tunes and, yeah you know what i mean like just make people dance that sort of thing so i don't think i'm yeah i can't really say i've been probably been fortunate you know what i mean yeah but yeah i can't really say no uh, problem like equipment or anything yeah like yeah that. yeah yeah you're always going to get like mm. equipment problem but the more experience you are the more you don't stress when i've been in a club and like the power's gone off on my laptop or do you know what i mean something that that happens yeah, yeah always yeah. keep happening do you know what i mean there's not much you can you can do about that but um yeah no no setbacks really yeah i've, I've probably been quite fortunate in that regard to be fair but yeah yeah, you know, you know, talk about how you was on about um, how your dad left you at the the radio station that yeah. time. I remember I went to this one. Uh, I think is it Venom in it. I remember oh, yeah. you bought me in in it. Yeah, yeah, when I was young as well. Yeah. <laughs> and you went out. Glam went out. Yeah. And he, but he just put on the DJ set so it just runs in it. Yeah, Every yeah. you don't have to touch nothing. Yeah. yeah. But then the, the thing started messing up and I'm just there on my ones. I'm like, yo, what do I do? What do I do? And he's ringing me. And, I, and he and he just told me quick. Yeah, yeah. Only a few though. It was early night in it. Yeah. yeah I was like, yeah, I was panicking, yeah. bro. I was just like, yo. And then like time, one button. Not, they're, 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 they won't even clock it yeah, really, innit? Sure, yeah. They're not really kind of clocking, but it has happened like, you know, like when the vibes that like, it's kind of yeah. peak, you know what I mean? And then something might happen, the music might <laughs> cut off, or sometimes it's like, not even nothing to do with you. It's like the, something else, the equipment, the power cord or something. But obviously everyone looks at the DJ, yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, yeah, at first when I was a bit younger, you probably panic in them situations, but... Um, as you get older, you just like, it's mm. what it is, isn't it? I can't do nothing in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? So. Have you ever like, you know how you said, sort of when Skepta and that were coming down, it was sort yeah. of normal because it hadn't yeah. blown or anything yeah, yet. Yeah. Was anyone that like, you have been on a set with that you're thinking like, yo, you'd never be on a set with them or you'd never be in the same show as them? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, well, like, a lot of the main, I'd say mainly the old school garage um, guys. Um, like obviously I, growing up, um, we used to get tape packs, you know, from the old jungle events and the garage events. So tapes, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no Bluetooth. Yeah, no, so no, no. Like, a big event like Hysteria or whatever, and um, it'll be recorded like on a, on like say eight tapes, and you can go and buy it from like the the local record shop or whatever. And like we used to listen to these tapes, obviously as like 13, 14 year olds, yeah. um, the, and the garage ones as well a bit later, and like. It's mad because I would have never even thought I would even meet those guys when yeah, I was yeah. listening to it at school at the time. Mm. You know what I mean, never mind, you know what I mean, like playing alongside them. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What I mean, like, you know what I mean, these guys even ringing man's phones and all that. Like, you know what I mean, I, you would have never like thought, thought that. that. So for me, I hold that kind of like, Up kind there. Of, yeah, hi. You know what I mean, like, I've, I've been on shows with like a lot of the American acts when they come down, like your DMXs. Um, all sorts Mike. of different, yeah, yeah, like Kanye, you've had down, you've had all these, I mean, before they went massive, oh, okay, yeah. a lot of these guys have come down and I've been involved in like, um, you know what I mean, doing like support, like kind of slots, you know, like before they, they perform in that, at, like Republic and various places. And I've never really been like in awe when these mm, guys come yeah. down, but when I've had like, I don't know, Creed and DT and these kind of guys who I listen to. Gas for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more gassing kind of them guys, but, um, yeah, um, we started doing a lot more like promotions, different types of promotions after Back to 98. So we was doing a lot more of the, because from 2008, UK hip hop and stuff started to blow up a mm. lot more, like when gigs and that came through. Yeah. So, like we had all like the, the likes of gigs and people like that come down a few times. And um, I can't try to think, like your Blade Browns, Young Tess, 
Mist, all these guys. Yeah, we yeah. always, obviously, because obviously we, we know who's the next one coming through. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, we obviously book them and get them on events before okay. you can't book them. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, a lot of these guys have obviously passed through our events or I've played support, like, for, for a lot of them guys. Um, mine's gone blank, I can't even think half of them, but yeah, most of these UK guys that have come up, the Stormzies, all, all, all of them really. So yeah, no, it's, it's it's been good. But again, I've never really, I just see it was like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. It was kind of like normal guys. like, And even like the garbage <clears throat> guys now, like obviously I've worked with them so much, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're friends, you just see them as like kind of normal guys. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, this is what it is sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, what would like, you know, like talk about like now and like people who say want to get into DJing, what would your advice be to them like and where to start? Um, it's, it's it's a lot easier now to to get into DJing. Um, I was saying before, like when when I first started, like you need to kind of um, like practice and learn equipment and learn the, the the art of DJing. It took you at least a year to probably like get learn all properly. that and then kind of be ready. Do you know what I mean to um, play in front of people? But it's so much easier now with the with the technology you've got, like controllers. If you want to get into to DJing, just pick up a controller. You can get them out of Argos and... It's that easy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that easy now. Do you know what I mean? Just control our laptop. Um, you don't even need a laptop with some of these controllers. They've got screens on them. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, you know I mean? You can pick them up from anything from £50 up to two grand, whatever you want yeah, to spend yeah. on it. Do you know what I mean? So it is very easy. And then with YouTube tutorials mm, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Everything's um, out there yeah, for you, isn't it? it's easy now. Do you know what I mean? And Bluetooth speakers, like before you'd have to get proper speakers and amplifiers and, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's not like that now. So like really anyone can DJ, but um, obviously there's one thing knowing how to use equipment and then there's a kind of a skill to kind of selecting the right songs at the, the right time sort mm -hmm. of thing. Do you know what I mean? Because you know I mean, you can have another DJ who's got all the same songs as me, yeah. but you probably wouldn't be able to do what I do to a room. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That, so yeah, yeah. that comes with experience and just kind of obviously, do you know what I mean? Just um, learning all your different genres and trying to read people and stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I like the challenge a lot of the times of going into places and... You know what I mean? I, sometimes I get some weird looks from people thinking, oh, what, what, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> kind of thing, like, you know what I mean? And then I start busting off a Motown set and then, yeah. like, that's, you know, they're, they're all on their feet. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So I love that kind of challenge because I'm a multi-genre DJ, even though my passion's like old school garage and jungle mm. and obviously hip hop and urban music, you know what I mean? I, I love to make people dance. So yeah. even if it's like, cheesy music if that's what that room requires i don't You'll mind, play that. I don't mind yeah. playing that yeah. you know what i mean do you know what i mean it's about making people dance like that's one message i kind of got from my from my dad growing up do you know what i mean because he was proper like that you know what i mean he could walk into literally any any kind of club and he could and get them, read yeah, the room and then get them going that's something that i probably probably learned off him but um yeah that that yeah if you are trying to get into djing yeah it's, it is relatively quite simple but like you say a lot of the um yeah, a lot of your, your skills would just come from experience and just kind of... I used to study a lot of DJs that were on my station, my pirate radio station okay. as well. So, like, I used to kind of just sit in on a lot of shows watching guys. See I what like they're sponge. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just taking yeah, it all just in. taking in, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's all you can do really nowadays, but... You ever made your own tune or...? Yeah, I did actually. Um, a, a bass line. Yeah. yeah, I made a few bass line tunes. Um, I was working with, um, you know, JTJ. 
JTJ. You would know that song, baseline song. Right. It's you. You, you. you know, you definitely. If you flip. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to add it to the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you, you know when you, okay, you, you okay. hear it. But um, yeah, they, they was kind of like young guys coming up um, at, at the time when obviously we was doing all the baseline waves and yeah, they just like produced a lot of like bangers and smash, um, yeah, the tunes that was just smashing up clubs at the time. And um, I used to spend a lot of time with, with them guys and um, this is odd time if you just sit down and I, I, I was never really a producer. I didn't really have the patience. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But then I did sit down and make a few tunes with them guys there. So it's like one or two tunes. And um, to be fair, like DJs like EZ and um, Jamie, sorry, EJ, not EZ, e, EJ and um, and Jamie Duggan, Nev Wright, a couple of them DJs did mm. um, play it. So there was one tune in particular that I had. Uh, it was called You <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, yeah, so that, that got played. But baseline music was a bit like, you know what I mean? Tunes would be hot for a month and then it would go to the yeah. next yeah, one yeah. sort of thing, innit? So it never really had any longevity or anything. But it was just a nice feeling just to mm. be in a club and like, yeah, this is mine, you know what I mean? So, what was yeah. the transition? Like, obviously, we spoke before this was filming, like, yeah. you know, you're saying the vinyl to go into what it is now. Yeah. Was it more techie to learn the new, like, deck than the old one? What do you say? Um, no, nah, not really. It always got easier over time. So I'm always someone that's always looking like, what's the next technology yeah, sort of yeah. thing? And um, as I was saying before, because um, obviously my dad had been DJing from like the 70s and not much had changed like technology-wise from the 70s up until like the mid-90s. And then um, like the mid-90s, that's when kind of CDs come in. But we didn't have the CD decks to kind of mix. Yeah, we could yeah, only yeah. really just played songs so okay vinyl was still hovering around do you know what i mean until around the early 2000s yeah. sort of thing even though you could like you know what i mean get cds and um yeah th then after after cds they had a um oh, what was it called uh final scratch so um basically you had your laptop and then you had these kind of dummy records and then you could load the mp3 from your laptop onto the vinyl. Yeah, Literally okay, nothing yeah. on the vinyl, but you kind you of- You got all the tunes it. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that came in, but it was, it was so many like little teething problems. And mm. that's when I had like the incident in the club and I was using them. Like it, it was so like temperamental, that yeah, kind yeah. of final scratch. And then um, then the kind of the CDJs, the CD decks, they started to, to get better um, throughout the early 2000s. So we started using CDs everywhere a lot more. And then the CD deck started to get better where you could put like USBs in them. So this like every other year, like it'll just improve, improve. And then, um, yeah, then controllers started taking over. Mm. A lot of people use controllers or a lot of people just use laptops and plug straight into the CD deck. So there, there's different ways, like whatever's comfortable for whatever DJ um, nowadays. For me, what it depends on what kind of event I'm, I'm playing at. If I'm playing at a party all night, I'll probably have my controller. If I'm just going somewhere and just doing an hour set, I'll just walk in with two mm. USB sticks and headphones. And yeah. Yeah, it just depends on, on what you're doing. But it is way easier because when I first started with vinyl, like we had to um, carry what we call flight cases and you can only get about 50 records in this flight case. So like I might have hundreds of records at home, but I've got to go through and pick. 50 out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And play that night. And these 
flight cases weigh the ton. <laughs> driving them times. So I'm walking with a mate and we're taking it in turns every five minutes, walking down <clears> the <throat> road into town um, to whatever club or whatever. So it was like a nightmare. Whereas now, do you know what I mean? With the hard drives, got quite access easy. To, uh, yeah. 50,000, 100,000 songs, anything. If I ain't got it, I'll download it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? quick. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a game changer now. It's totally different now. Do, do you think you'll ever stop DJing? Nah, I don't, I don't think so, because it's just a hobby, innit? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? For me, I, I always just like to, to play music, like, so, yeah. I, I Like I said, I'll stop doing certain types of bookings. Um, I haven't really <coughs> done a lot of, like, bookings in town in recent years. I prefer just to kind of stick to the genres that I, I like. You like, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, I like old school and stuff, and I like, obviously, urban music. So, I've been doing a lot more of that. So, I may might pick and choose... <laughs> What, I mean, what you want to do, do more but like in terms of DJing itself always um, yeah I don't think DJs stop like you know what I mean when I look at the likes of like my dad you know what I mean he's yeah. just turned 70 last year and he's still still DJ he's still playing music yeah yeah you got the likes of like David Rodigan and people like yeah. that you know what I mean these men are in the still going 70s and it's like you know what I mean like I, I don't want to carry on like that long but you know yeah. what I mean it's one of them things where you know what I mean? You're, it's just like how much do you want to play? Do you know what I mean? If you want to play every night like them uh, Rodigan does, or do you just want to just play when you want to yeah, play, yeah, sort yeah. of thing? So, no, nah, it's just something I love, man. Like, it's one of my favorite places to be, just behind a booth with hundreds of people. Yeah, man. Booth, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got much planned this year then, or? Um, I've, you know what it is? Like, I had kind of a hectic year last year, like, in terms of doing like events and stuff. Um, even like private bookings and stuff I was doing as well so I've not gone into this year like planning anything you mm. know what I mean we do things like the carnival after parties and stuff like that so they're kind of things like that we'll always kind of do and um, it, it seems like there's been a bit of a shift since um, like the COVID lockdown where people want to do more brunches and outdoor stuff there's okay, a lot of yeah. uh, mm. summer events so I think we're going to plan and lean more towards doing them kind of events a bit more this year because it seems like a lot of people don't really want to be in nightclubs yeah, a lot of people yeah. don't even want to be out till four five six like they're rather daytime they're rather yeah, they'd rather mm. do the daytime thing and be home for, for 12 it yeah, feels yeah. like do you know what i mean so yeah it seems like there's a in the last three, few years there's been a bit of a shift in how people want to want to rave sort of thing so um yeah, I think I think like yeah. Um, Focus more on summer. When yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. I think like the window because before summer used to be like a time when nothing was really going on. It was mm. more like festival, carnival sort of season. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of nightclubs, there wasn't anything really, like that, really. really much going on. But now it seems like everything's happening. That's in, the main. Yeah, spot. in that window from like kind of spring to autumn sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, it's just always ever changing sort of thing. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Go on. Mm. Well, just to close this podcast, then I always ask this question: yeah. What's the biggest lesson you've taken away from your own life? Biggest lesson, boy, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I always throw man in it. Biggest, uh, say, say the question again. What's the biggest lesson you've taken away from your own life? Um, just to not have no regrets, really. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, you, you just learn from, you learn from everything, can it, sort of thing. Like, every situation I've been through, whether good or bad, I always take something out of it, you know what I mean? Even when I'm DJing at certain parties, I might not want to be playing the music that I'm playing or whatever, but I learned something from that party, yeah. in a sense, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I've just always got a positive outlook, man, do you know what I mean? Like, I always look for the positives in, in, in situations, you know what I mean? I don't really worry about the negatives, you know what I mean? And... Um, 
yeah, just just try and just stay like kind of constant, not get too high, not get too low, just constant. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah, man, ride the wave. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. But um, yeah, just just enjoy it. That's it, really. I just yeah. That's it. Yeah, man. Yo, respect, Glam, for coming yeah, on, man. No, thanks, Appreciate it, man. Still. Yeah, man. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Big shout out, Leicester Podcast Studios, for having us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow the page. Big shout out to Strong Pilates as well. Can't rest, can't rest, won't rest. Believing in the process. Every day's a progress. Slow steps. I need my own clothes next.